Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A of yours. Truly hope y'all are doing well. Won't be before you all too long, but I definitely want to make some time to serve you all. Just a few few questions I want to be able to answer today on a Sunday afternoon, but I hope you all are well. If this is your very first time watching me on uh, YouTube or listening on my podcast, I want to say thank you so much for listening and watching. I hope you get a lot out of it, and I hope that you, um, after you felt the vibes, you're like, man, I like that guy's vibe. I'm going to go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit that bell, too, so that you can be on the next video, potentially, to get your questions answered. But if you watch Watching this and you're a subscriber, you've been rocking me for 13, 14 years or 13, 14 minutes ago. I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted me, and I pray it continues to be treasured to you. But as everyone is coming in and live feed, those is looking for me to answer their questions. Let me go ahead and let you guys know what I have. I have my newest book. Is it in here? Yeah. Facts over feelings, how to process your feelings so you can get back to being productive. Uh, with fulfilling your purpose, a great book, great resource. I got it right here. It's a great. You see how thick it is? Pretty thick book. Um, just great articles. Um, I teach you how to vent in here, how to properly vent to God. Um, pros and cons and red flags help you be able to process the red flags in relationships or individuals, so that you won't be catching unnecessary feelings with the wrong thing, with the wrong person. We also got articles um, in the book as well, different points and different key principles when it comes to feelings. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. Talk about mindset, all that good stuff, as well as a place for you to vent, find the feelings, process your feelings, for you to give you a page to vent your feelings, as well as the opportunity for you to process the facts. So you can be able to see, is this even worth me having feelings for? Got scriptures in here as well. See, it talks about how to vent. Uh, what, other we, what else we got? Uh, we also got uh, a section here for scriptures. Verses on all of the top feelings that most of us go through. So we have a list of feelings as well. Here you go. So all the feelings on depression, loneliness, fear, happiness, joy, all the kind of stuff. Uh, great resource there. This book's available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Or you can go to Amazon right now and get that. Also got books on wholeness, how to process your level uh, or ability to hold the important things in life. Got books on how to maximize your singles and find the purpose of it. I got a book to help you date God that you should become dateable. Also got a book on how to untie soul ties, uproot strongholds. Got a book to help you with discernment to see if he or she or them or it is a counterfeit or a counterpart. Also got a children's book uh, for kids to divert, uh Discover their art form so they can paint a masterpiece for the glory of God. And we also got a book on spiritual warfare and all that good stuff. Now I see the people are here. Let's get right into the questions. Jim, on a Sunday, hey, listen, man. No man, no woman knows the hour when Coach going to go live. I'm led by my spirit 99.9%, 98, 95% of the time when I do these lives. And so, you know, maybe, maybe today's one of those days. Hope you get something out of it, Jamelia. Good to see you. Uh, Carmen B says, set a boundary with the guy, and he got mad and started ignoring me. Any response? No response. If someone doesn't respond well to your boundaries, then don't give them a response. See, that's what boundaries and standards are for. Standards and boundaries reveals who's able to meet them or stay within those parameters. Anytime someone gets upset with their boundaries, they want you bound. Anytime someone is upset with your boundaries, they, uh, their intentions with you was to bound you, to have you bound in bondage to their manipulative control. So if a guy gets upset, any, that's why it's good to test the temperament of a person. One of the four things you need to test anytime you're with someone is test a person's temperament, test the end result of the decision, test the scripture supports that person, and test the timing. Those are four things you must test in a response. The number one thing that you saw was the individual's temperament. Temperament means how they respond 
to unto your request. See, the request is the test to see if they were meant to be God's best for you, right? And if their response or temperament is in those higher frequencies or lower frequencies of emotion or feelings like anger, mad, manipulative, jealous, confused, then that person wasn't meant to be infused into your life. So if he starts ignoring you, that's good. Because it's good for him to start ignoring you or he's going to start snoring you. You're going to get tired of him eventually. So no response is needed. Your absence is your response. Your non-response is your response. Because you don't have time to deal with people who don't respect your boundaries or standards. Hope to help. Marina says, hi coach, how can I feel more like an adult when still living with parents? Well, you got goals, missions, visions, dreams. Like I stayed with my mom for a lot of years, but I stacked paper. I saved like society wants to paint a picture um, that that you're not an adult necessarily unless you have X, Y, and Z. And that forces people in certain ideologies, which puts them in debt, which puts them in a situation they're not uh, mature enough for. That's what the village is for, family is for, is to have a safe place for you to collect yourself and not put yourself in debt, right? And so to feel like an adult is to be responsible while in their home. Uh, um, taking some of the responsibility, giving them some money for for uh, them allowing you to have a room, support them. That's how you can be adult. It's like you know, hey, they're no longer they're your parents, but treat them like they're your landlord, and so that you can get some type of experience. So you can feel like an adult by by adulting while even being in the midst of their stewardship. So help out around the house. Um, um, don't look at it as chores. Look at it as preparation when you have your own place. So don't don't get so caught up with where everybody else is. Everybody else may have an apartment. Everybody else may have a house or whatever. But we don't know if they're in debt or not. It's best to be in a basement <clears throat> stacking your paper than to be out and about and then your is going like a vapor. Hope to help. Natalie says, "How to hear the Holy Spirit with your heart?" Great question, Natalie. Well, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, which means he's a gentle. Which means in order to feel the gentleness of anything, there has to be some level of stillness in your life. A little bit of calmness in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit can speak in warning like you, but oh, I feel his presence saying no. I kind of feel that pull. But to really get your heart to hear the Holy Spirit, you got to remove certain things in your heart that may be getting in the way. How many voices do you have in your heart, in your mind? How many people's opinions do you kind of gravitate to before you, the Holy Ghost, right? And so there's a lot of different things that you got to begin to process to ensure that you can hear him most and not less, right? And But the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking, but I tell people all the time, the Holy Spirit is to point us to Christ, to confirm scripture, and to lead and guide us in all truth. We have to be in position to be willing to be letting in God in all truth, be willing to be in our word, of, in our word, and to be willing to make him Lord over our lives, right? Then that's when you have the, the disposition to uh, and the posture to be able to hear from him. Hope to help. Jody Real says, what to do if your wife wants you to dress up more, but you don't like dressing up? Hey, listen, she got eyes too, my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I feel you. Oftentimes as guys, we're more comfortable. See, I'm dressed up, but I had to speak tonight. I, have, I teach 16, 18 year olds. But, but that, listen, anytime your wife has a request, give her, her, give her your best and vice versa. That's what marriage is. Marriage is about compromise. Marriage is how can we find a common ground. Marriage is not about how can I pull you all the way to my side or being pulled all the way to her side. It's about making sure that we have common ground. And so if she would like you to dress up more, um, just say, okay, uh, in what environments? Where do you want me to dress up more? Because, you, listen, 
She's saying you you look more of a you look more like a snack when you dressed up. You know what I'm saying? And if you give her what if you give her what she wants, she'll give her she'll give you what you want. That's a little tip. You know what I'm saying? If you give her what she wants, she might give you a little bit more about what you need and what you want as well. Hope to help. Shariah Shariah says, Miss Reynolds says, what are some good first date questions? Ooh, good one. Good first date questions. Um, good first date questions could be uh, questions around goals. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Um, what is what is what is uh, one of your favorite attributes about yourself? Um, what do you what do you think about the world today? Um, good questions is like, how has God been good to you recently? What are your thoughts about God? Um, good first day questions could be just you can get a little bit more simpler too. Uh, uh, what are some of your fears? What are some of the things you're excited about? Uh, what are your ambitions? What do you what do what are you here to do? What's your purpose? What's your focus? What are your favorite hobbies? You see, what I'm saying all those different questions kind of kind of gives you insight. Um, to what a person's uh, um, desires and aspirations are, especially as a young woman. First off, before you have that first date, make sure that you uh, set a date where you talk to God about if, if, if it's even worth you having this first date. Because I tell you this why, because even going to first can, and can, can really uh, reverse a lot of time that you have committed to being who you are. What I mean by that is, Sometimes even with women, like even though it's a free meal, nothing's free. You see what I'm saying? Your time is your life. And so sometimes just being led by the Holy Spirit can help you avoid the unnecessary. But those questions that I told you, if it's someone that you're interested in and someone's interested in you and you feel clearance by God, oh, some good questions, hobbies, goals, aspirations, uh, your uh, top three character traits, uh, things that you're working on. Uh, what, what have you, good question you can ask is what have you talked to God about recently? What have you read recently in the Word of God? What have you been studying the Word of God? Um, what what is one of your what is some of the things that you are developing faith towards? Um, what are you excited about in the future? Uh, um, uh, what do you see in your future? Where do you see yourself five years, ten years from now, twenty years from now? Um, how uh, um, how are you with your money? And while you're asking these questions, don't just look at the language come out of your mouth. Look at their body language. Look at the disposition. F discern by your spirit to see if they BSing you or not. That's just the best advice I can give you. Ivan says, yo, what's up, coach? Blessings to you, family. Appreciate you. Jamila says, I want to become a stay-at-home mom in the future. How to prepare any help? Ain't nothing wrong with that. But so you but the good thing is that as a single, as a single woman, uh, what enterprises does God have in you? Because even if it's even if you stay at home, home can be a business. And what I mean by when you stay in a home, home can also be a place where you may have developed a, a decor business. You may have developed a, a real estate business. Like it could be a lot of different things. But if staying at home is the thing, don't worry about whether or not God has a man that will understand. He has a man that's going to make sure. My wife wants to be a stay-at-home mom. And best believe it, we're going to make it happen. You know, we want our child, when they come, to make sure that they, you know, my wife's in education. And so... We're going to raise geniuses, you know, and, and, and kids is going to glorify God, right? But how to prepare for that? You got to make sure that you have the right perspectives biblically about what it means to be a wife. Because sometimes we're preparing. Sometimes women and men are more prepared to be moms and dads than they are being wives and husbands. 
Some women are so focused on childbearing because they never seen, because at least a child, you can kind of determine. But if you've never seen a father in your home, sometimes women are more prepared to be mothers than they are to be wives. So you got to make sure that you have things in the right order, uh, that you, that you number one, a daughter, secondly, you're a wife, then you're a mother. Those are the three things you got to process. Am I, am I, am I, uh, how's my daughtership? How, how, how prepared am I to be a wife? How prepared am I to be a mother? So when you stay at home, will you just be a woman at the house or would you be a wife and a mother at home? That's a big difference. A lot of women are stay-at-house moms. Now, they're not stay-at-home moms. They, their house is a house, but they haven't made their house into a home. And how you prepare that is make sure you first understand your first position as a daughter of God. And the more you become a daughter, you'll be trained to be a wife. And when you're trained to be a wife, you'll be able to be balanced between the two roles of being a wife, a mother, and an entrepreneur, or whatever other hats that you may be wearing. So how to prepare? You prepare through prayer. You prepare through um, studying, researching uh, um, yourself and the purposes that God wants you to do. And in the process... Understand what it means to be a wife and not allowing, I'm not saying you, but anyone, not allowing the traumatic experience between a daughter and a father hinder you or skew your vision of what it means to be a wife to a man and not allowing those fears to cause you to disappear as a wife but reappear as a mother. Hope that helps. Drew, my brother, how you feeling, family? I know y'all was getting buckets today, man. I hate I wasn't able to get buckets with y'all today, but I know y'all was getting buckets, man. Thank you for joining my live, my brother. Ivan says, yo, what's up, Coach? Blessings. Ready for some word. I hope I'm giving y'all some, some good word from the Holy Ghost today. I pray that's what y'all getting today. I got time for maybe two or three more and I'm out your way. I love the Lord Media says, hey, Coach, is it okay to date multiple women at the same time? Nah, it's not good, bro. I'm talking about dating without emotional compromise. Well, you may not be emotionally connected, but women may typically find themselves emotionally connected. But dating out there is so dangerous that a lot of men are emo more emotional. This Drake culture has made people a lot of emo a lot of men emotional. So you'd be surprised how many men are emotional on the inside connecting to uh, women. But it's never wise. And hear me closely about dating multiple women because it only causes confusion. Like the goal is if you date to find your wife, that's the poorest way to do it. Because now you're saying, I, I'm smart enough, I'm able enough to do this on my own. Y'all know my philosophy. And some people don't agree, but that's fine. I totally understand. But I believe that everything must start from God. Like everything, dating must start with him. You must date him first. And as a brother, what you do is dating. I'm not sitting there saying dating like y'all going to Starbucks and you giving God a, a, a frappuccino or something like that. What I'm saying is that you set some dates, some days set aside for you to be cleansed on the inside, for you to get to know who you are on the inside so that you can become more like God on the inside. So you can set up times to see what's creatively he wants to express from you from the inside. Right. And in that process, then you'll start dating yourself, because if you're no good to God, you're no good to yourself. And if you're no good to yourself, you're no good to anyone else. And so when you make time for God and you make time for yourself, then you become dateable because dating never ends. I have to constantly date my wife. One thing about women, they're constantly changing. They're constantly evolving. They're constantly improving. And that's why a man who, ladies, you got to be very careful for a man who is satisfied after he caught you. A man should be never satisfied with his pursuit. The pursuit never ends. Right now, I'm, I'm pursuing uh, the different variations of my wife as a wife. And then when the children come as a mother, I'm pursuing her in different levels. So dating never stops. 
But if you're not data ball, then you'll be satisfied after the first catch. But you won't be able to keep. Guys sometimes know how to catch a girl, but don't know how to keep a girl. Some guys, some girls have been caught by a man, but don't know how to keep a man. See, we love to be caught or to catch, but we don't know how to keep. And you learn how to keep by making sure that you understand what it means to be kept. Being kept by God, spending time with him, spending time with yourself, getting familiar with yourself. Because if you don't know God personally, you won't know yourself personally. If you don't know yourself personally, how will you know your purpose? And if you don't know your purpose, how would you know your person? So dating multiple women only becomes distracting, which then causes subtracting. And then it just gets you off the track completely. So you may not feel like you're emotionally connected, but when you start dating multiple women, then how much time are you utilizing? Your time is your life. Now you're spending time with her, 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 and then you're then you're saying I emotionally connected, but you're just building a team. See, see, marriage is not about a roster. You only have one player, only y'all two together, right? But if you keep building a roster, then you're developing habits to the point that what if you're not satisfied with your wife? Now you're gonna try to add more pieces to the puzzle. And, and, and it just causes even more trouble. So it's not wise. It's not okay, in my opinion. It's not wise. It's only a point. It's only one woman for one man. And if you start dating multiple women, what if they all get serious at one time? And then you got to break multiple hearts just to keep one from tearing apart from you. And it just gets complicated. So logically, from a man's mind, you don't think there's complications. But when you get into the complexities of a woman, then is when things get complicated, especially when you're not providing security and stability to that woman. If you're not providing security and stability, you, is they, you can't provide security and stability to multiple women in this day and age. You can't. You're gonna be you're gonna be tired. You're gonna be busy. And then listen, what the listen the one that you really want ain't gonna like you talking to multiple women. Man, if you date multiple at the same time, you're gonna waste a lot of time. My brother, hope they help. Jess says, I'm going through some spiritual warfare. I'm trying to use the word of God, but the enemy is trying to lie and say that it isn't working. I get upset that when I use the word of God, I see no results at times. Well, the word of God is working whether we see it working. Because you have to understand that the physical world is only a reflection of the spiritual world. So your the reason why they're telling you to stop is because it's affecting in the spirit world. It just hasn't manifested in the natural world. There are certain things like uh, the bigger the package, the longer the delivery. Like the, the bigger the prayer request to a degree determines the spiritual. I mean, look at Daniel. The Bible says the angel came to Daniel. It was like, we heard you on day one, but it took 21 days to get to Daniel. But the angel in heaven heard him on day one, but the principality of Persia was trying to hinder the package from being delivered, trying to hinder the word from being delivered. But Daniel's prayers were still working in the meantime, but it wasn't able to be seen by his eyes. So spiritual warfare, the ultimate goal is for, you, is for them to shut your mouth and then they get into doubt and then they can destroy whatever it is that's trying to be delivered to you. <clears throat> So the word is working. The fact that they tell you that the word is not working is proof that the word is working. Because anybody manipulative is going to try to come into your life and be like, well, it's not working. But in the back of their mind, they know it's working. But they're trying to make you think that it's not working so you lose faith in it. And then when you lose faith in it, then they destroy it. So don't wait for, don't, don't get caught up in the results in the natural. Have faith and believe that it's working in the spiritual. And in time, you'll see the manifestation of the word. Especially if determined on what you're praying for. Determine what you're asking for. But the fact that you feel the enemy is telling you that it's not working is the number one evidence that it is working. Jody Real says, to my comment above, I have dealt with a lot of women who I felt like were trying to change me. Let me see what your other question was, Jody.
Listen, <clears throat> it's not about change. Um, so what you have to do is you have to heal in order to deal. Right? So sometimes there are certain manipulative experiences that we faced in previously that's causing us to kind of feel like what we're going through is the same thing, but it's not. Right? Some people use a little bit of truth, a little bit of principle as manipulative tools for forms of control, while at the same time, the worst the person that you're with now is not trying to control you. So what you don't want is to stifle who you have based upon what uh, you don't want to mess up what you have due to what happened with the women that you don't have right now. So just because a lot of women try to control you or try to change you, ask yourself, is there anything that is that I should change in? There's nothing wrong with the right type of person asking for an exchange. In order, in order for there to be an exchange, there has to be some change. So if I'm going to exchange certain things in a marriage, I have to change in my marriage. I have to change for the better. Now, if she's asking you to change for the better, there's nothing wrong with that. But if she's trying to change you into controlling you, that's the issue. But if she is asking for you to dress better, she, she just wants to see you a little bit dressed up. There ain't nothing wrong with that. So you have to make sure that you examine your heart and heal from that and don't make your wife go through unnecessary trauma or unnecessary drama because of undealt with trauma. Hope they help. Jess has been over three years trying to fight this battle I'm going through. It, now, now, now you got to assess your warfare. Now you got to assess, okay, if it's been three years, if it's been three years, it depends on what you're praying for because there's a lot of things that's going to take years to bring in. You know what I'm saying? It took years to bring my wife in. It's, it took years to bring a lot of various things in, right? So there's a lot of things that's going to take some time to bring in, right? But you also got to check on the on within and say, okay, am I in the meantime as I'm waiting for this? Also, you got to process, am I am I um, am I being used in this battle in any kind of way? And what I mean by that, am I cause an unnecessary spiritual warfare because something is not coming in in a certain time frame. Am I being frustrated with something or someone? Think about that. Kiddo in the building. What's going on, girl? Good to see you. PTL says, hey, coach, besides seeking God and working on your main craft, what are other ways to stay busy? Well, you don't want to be busy. You want to be productive. Busy people are trying to use their business to distract them from the business they need to be handling. Hmm. Some people's business is to distract them from being productive in their business that they're trying to run out of. Right? So productiveness, being productive means there's a product in mind. There's a product. There's something that I want to produce. Business is I'm just letting time fly by. I'm just doing un unbeneficial, unnecessary things just to say I did something. Being productive means I have a vision, I have a goal, I have a product, I have a form that I want to transform into. I have something that I want to achieve. So I'm being productive means I'm producing something. Business don't produce anything but occupying time that you didn't want to focus on anything else. Being productive means that I have a goal into developing a product of me, a product of my relationship with God, a product and whatever. So 
You don't want to be busy. I don't want that to be in the back of your mind, right? Because sometimes when we finish time with God and we finish working on our craft, now we want to say, okay, what do I do with this idle time? No, you just go with the flow and be led by the Spirit of God and see what is the next thing He wants you to focus on. But if you jump right into being busy, then you're, you're, you're using busyness to occupy time, but because you checked off on your list, oh, I spent time with God, I spent with my craft, now I'm just going to be doing a bunch of stuff. Now you got to say, okay, what things can I do that are productive? That have a point that that has something that I can go after, right? And so, don't use busy. Use being productive. I know you probably meant that, but for those who, because busy busy has an acronym, being under Satan's joke, just being busy, right? But when you're about, when you bout something versus being busy, you bout something. There's a goal. There's a fervor. There's a passion. There's 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 some things that you're going after. So, what are some other things to stay to stay productive in? Um. Think about, just be led by the Spirit of God, fam. And I know that sounds very cliche and Christianese, but, but at the juncture of my life, I just go with the flow. Because there could be things where I could work on a book right now, but the Holy Spirit said do a video. Or I could do a video, but the Holy Spirit may say, go read this or go do that. It's all about just saying, okay, after you have finished seeking God, did your thing with God, you know, finished working on your craft, the next thing you say, Holy Spirit, what's next for me to do? That's the best thing I could teach you how to do. And so when you're done, say, Holy Spirit, is there anything else you want me to do? And just go about your day and see where he guides you from there. Time for two more and I got to go. I think I said that a few minutes ago, but. Hmm. Follower of Christ says, hey, Coach Josh, I made another live. You did, family. I got to get one-on-one -on -one with you about something, and I believe you can help me. How does your one-on-one -on -one coaching plans work? Um, basically, just go to my website, and you let me know what your budget is for an hour. Um, let me know what you do per hour and I'll and let me know your days and, and times and then I can see what I where I can a lot of people, not like that many people, it's, it's pretty it's, but I'm led by the spirit of God on who I who I go with. Because my time is limited, right? And so I kinda gotta make sure that I make the best use of my time. So let me know what you need. Let me know your budget per hour and let me know your dates and times and your and your and what uh time zone you're in. And I can see what I can, how I can squeeze you in and make it happen, family. So let me know. Jenny D says, hey, coach, I have Hindu and Muslim friends. I find they've been influencing me in worldly things. I do carry myself differently, but I still feel weird being their friends. What should I do? And thanks. Well, there's a big difference between being someone's friend and being friendly. You don't have to be friend because how, how can two walk together unless they agree? Right? If two agree, if two or three are touching in my name, I'm there in the midst, right? So there has to be some level of commonality and some level of 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 connectiveness spiritually in order for you to be successful in anything. Now, can you be, well, yeah, don't be unequally open non-believers. It's simple as that, right? So they may not be your friend. So you may want to be able to say, I could be friendly with them. I could be a social with them. With them. I could be a light to them, but I don't have to be their friends. Now, Friends mean like best friends, deep friends, sharing things from within and sharing things from things without, right? Outside of you. Um, but but love on them when you're around them. If there's anything you can do is just be loving, being kind. But the moment you feel there's a level of compromise where it's not beneficial for you, then you just say, hey, man, I got to go home and go do something. I have Hindu and Muslim friends you love on them. I find them been influencing me in world. Now, if they're influencing you, because look at the core of the word influence. The word flu is in there. Be very careful what influences you because you can get sick. Right? 
And so what you got to do, if they're influencing worldly things, you got to get out of there. I forgot that part. I overlooked that part. I find they've been influencing me. So that's what happens. <clears throat> Oftentimes when a believer is not fully equipped with how to deal with, with the non-believers, they end up compromising with the non-believer, right? Because they haven't been built up as a believer, right? And so as a believer, we feel as if like, well, I don't want to offend anybody. You're not offending them. It's just it's just like there's no, there's no end with them. There's no benefit with them. As far as beneficial, because obviously they're influenced you doing worldly things. So if they're influenced doing worldly things, you just got to uh, dismiss yourself. Dismiss yourself and be friendly when you see them and start minimizing your time with them You um, to be worldly and not of God. So what I would do, I wouldn't say a word. I would just love them when you see them. And then, and then, uh, you know, just say, they'll, they'll, they'll understand. You know what I'm saying? Just be like, hey, I can't hang out with y'all. You don't got to tell them why. You got to. I'm a Christian. That's why not. You don't got to do all that. Just say, "Hey, man, that's just not something I do. I don't do that." And then when they inquire, you can get the hope that's inside of you. Hmm. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Oh, y'all helping. Y'all helping everybody out. Jamil says, "Yes, Coach Colonel live with a parent saving money. Ain't nothing wrong with that." The things that people laugh at, they'll be asking and inquiring you about later. People may be laughing because you're single. People may be laughing because you don't have nobody. Laughing because you're with your parents. But it's not about who laughs first. It's about who laughs last. Jess says, and how do I not get tired of praying the same thing over and over again? Well, uh, Bruce, Bruce, uh, uh, man, what's the guy named? Bruce, uh, what's, the, what's the martial arts guy? Bruce, uh, is it Bruce? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee said that I'm not afraid of a person that's practiced 10,000 kicks. I'm afraid of a man that's practiced a kick 10,000 times. Targeting prayers, like if you hit a tree in a thousand different places, would that tree fall? No, he's going to have an ugly tree, beat up tree. But if you hit the tree a thousand times in the same spot, that tree going to fall. So if you're targeting your prayers after something is a spiritual warfare focus and it's about covering someone, if it's about your life or whatever, you keep hitting that tree. You keep hitting that thing and eventually over time that thing will fall. So don't get tired of praying, but make sure you're being led to pray for that right now. If you're praying for something that God's timing is covering and it hasn't been released to you, then you're wasting your time. But if you're praying for covering a friend, covering a brother, covering a family member, or you're praying target spiritual warfare prayers about things that you feel has been stolen from you spiritually, then by all means, attack that tree. But if you're praying for something that God's timing is covering, my friend, you're wasting your breath. Because there's no, there's no prayer in this world that you can pray to make God do something sooner than he has already in his providential will has set to be released at a specific time. Gotta go, y'all. Love y'all. Thank y'all so much for watching. Thank you so much, okay, okay, K. Thank you for watching. You're so welcome, Jenny D. Uh, let me stop because every time I see y'all question, I get inspired. Well, for those who are just now joining, you can check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings: How to Go from uh, Feeling to Fulfilling. It's a great book, great resource here. It's a great tool to help you process your feelings. And there's great articles in there for you to be able to process your feelings, pros and cons. I got verses in there as well. For you to be able to process uh, your uh, emotions with the Word of God. We have over 25 or 25 um, different emotions that you will see what the Word of God says about. So a great book there. You can get it on Amazon. Get it on my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you're struggling with your singleness or you're struggling where you are in life and you're like, I'm not holding the things in my life well. 
Get this wholeness journal. It's going to teach you how to hold the, the right things well. Card game that you can get with that as well as a fun, uh, whoever spells hold first wins. If you want to learn how to, the purpose of your singleness or how to maximize your singleness, this book right here would be a great resource for you. If you want to learn how to date God, date yourself and become dateable so that you can date the love of your life forever and ask the right question to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, get this book, Dating Prep here. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, would be a great resource to you. If you're having something or someone in front of you don't know what to do, this book right here would help you to, to test what's in front of you to see whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart to see if you should be a part or if it should be a part of your life. If you have children between, I think, third grade to about eighth grade, this book right here is a great resource for young kids to discover their art form. Um, it was created, now hear me now, if you believe it's Christian, it was created for the public school. So, of course, if you understand the word of God, you'll see proverbial points in there. But there's no scriptures in here because I was writing it for the school system. But there's a, a lot of great proverbial, if you know your word, the word is in there. Also, if you're struggling with uh, soul, uh, no, if you're struggling with spiritual warfare, I saw a young lady, she said, uh, let me see if I found her. She said uh, something about spiritual warfare. How to know I'm under spiritual warfare. Great book here. World War Me. How to put on the whole armor of God. You can tell if you're going through spiritual warfare. Um, if things are not normal. If you can't find three or four factual reasons why you feel the way you're feeling. You're going through spiritual warfare. If you're not feeling yourself. You're going through spiritual warfare. If things around you are just toxic and things are just oppressing you. You're going through spiritual warfare. So uh, check this book out my friend. World War Me. How to Put on the whole armor of God so you can stand in the evil day. Thank y'all so much for watching. I pray y'all was blessed by this live Q&A. Um, I'll probably end up doing one tomorrow. Uh, thank y'all so much for joining me. I'll see y'all next time. Make sure y'all subscribe. Hit that bell. Also, y'all who's been so generous, thank y'all so much for giving. If you feel led to support what I do on YouTube, support what I do just with my books and with how we support students, you can also give on my website, IamUnplugged.com. We appreciate your generosity in advance. Love y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.